Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Adjacent. You're listening to the Sports Adjacent. Okay, I like that. I just learned something new today. Adjacent. With Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey on the House of L Network. We're doing everything I dreamed of as an adjacent. What a time, Russell. You got the baseball playoffs. We got the we're coming off the Tony Gill wedding. Mm-hmm. That was an event. Busy couple of weeks, but uh, oh, an event a for great sure. event. A great event. I kept 100%. thinking I kept thinking there'd be some goofy moment or something. And it was just like a very formal, wonderful adult wedding. A so professional you, wedding. <laughs> you you didn't expect that from one Tony Gill. Uh, yeah well i mean to be fair he said he had minimal to do with the actual planning so yeah i I don't believe that because i i I feel like every time we needed to to talk to tony he's like yo can y'all give me about two hours (laughs) although but that actually does fit with rick's theory that he didn't have anything to do with it yeah tony would say that but we don't know you know what does that mean does that just mean licking envelopes or I mean, in, in in his defense, it's a lot of envelopes to lick because there was hella people at these weddings. That wedding. <laughs> yeah, like, there was five hundred people at that reception. Yeah, when I saw the table numbers get into the thirties, I was like, "Whoa, that is significant." J- was that the largest wedding you guys have been to? Yes. No, I don't think so, but it was pretty big. The reception was really big. There was, it felt like there was way more people at the like reception than the wedding. I feel like that counts. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it was big. It was, yeah. yeah so, it, it was so big. let's say, including a reception, was that the biggest reception you've been to? No, but it was very big. It was on the higher end. Damn. It was what on the higher going? end. It was on the higher end. You'd be at the Nigerian weddings where they have like a thousand <laughs> people. Because <laughs> other than Tony and Stephanie's, which is one of the largest, I have been to a Nigerian wedding that had a very similar crowd, maybe a little bit larger. I went to a huge wedding in New Orleans for one of my friends years ago. This was, I'm at that point where not a lot of my friends are, a lot of my friends have gotten married if they're going to do that. Um, We'll we'll give you another 10 years or so, Russ. (laughs) Russ is not in any hurry. The thing is, Uh, then you get the the wave of second weddings for the people that figured out they made a terrible idea or they Uh, made a terrible mistake early on. Then they're like, okay, let, let's, you know, reboot this. Let's get it right the second time. Yeah, right. You know, you know what was weird about the wedding for me? Um, because mm-hmm. definitely, you know, what matters most about Tony's wedding is how I felt about it. Yeah, 100%. Um, just, the ti- just the timing of everything where I moved here in late 2018 and then was making friends and then the pandemic hit and then continued to kind of make friends through the pandemic. But hadn't, act- like Maddie Lee, for example. Maddie Lee of the Chicago Sun-Times, I think of as a friend. I had actually never met Maddie Lee in person until the wedding. Like we had been, she's been on our show a couple of times and we text, uh, you know, our relationship kind of starts with that. And we are kind of part of the same group of friends, you know, you, Tony, 
Lawrence, a bunch of that, you know, old score crew. Uh, but like, I'd never actually met her and talked with her in person until Friday. And there was a lot of that where it's like people I kind of a little bit knew or had maybe only met once. Like it's been a long time since I've seen Jason Goff in person, for example. But we just had a two hour conversation with him however many weeks ago that he was on the show and I had met him before the pandemic. And it just it was just kind of str- it was kind of strange in that it was kind of a unique experience in that not a bad one because it was great to see. I mean, the more you see people in person, the better. But it was just kind of odd in that way. It was kind of unique in that way. I thought I heard somebody say, I can't remember who it was, but I thought I heard someone say at the wedding that they had never met Tony in person, but they kind of had a friendship <laughs> with him. You, you laugh, but that that's, makes no, sense. But it's, if you no, think about it, that's yours. totally yours is, plausible. Yours is funny, but the like, yo, I got an invite to my man's wedding. Never actually met him in person. So that's <laughs> right. cool. But, that, like they, I, I, but they knew him, but they knew him because it's because of the world that we've been in for the last couple of years. It is possible to have, I mean, you and I are at the point now where we've spent more time talking to each other through streaming platform than we have in real life. And you and I are very good friends correct. and have spent a lot of yeah. time together. Correct. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Because the way the last couple of years fell. That and our jobs are super crazy, but I, I agree with you. I have some questions about the wedding, but I'll let you start the show first. Let's let's get into that in a minute. We're going to break down Tony Gill's wedding without Tony Gill. Tony is back next week. Uh, Rick Camp is in for him today, filling in. Very happy to have him. Uh, welcome to Sports Adjacent. I'm doing this all out of order. Welcome to Sports Adjacent. I'm Jason Leisure. My co-host, Russ Dorsey, back from baseball work temporarily because he's going to be right back out there. I don't know if you've noticed, but the baseball playoffs are ongoing. They're in the, uh, the CS Championship Series. Uh, and we got Rick Camp. From the I'm Fat podcast, in for Tony producing today, uh, and Rick, you also uh, you also write NBA betting for Four for Four, correct? Yep. Yeah. Season, How can people find that? Uh, just go to four. The number four, the word four, f o r, and then the number four again. dot com. Uh, a lot of betting content out there. First big slate is uh, when we're recording here on Wednesday, so it is. Uh, it's a great day because there's a 12 game slate. John Morant highlights are in my timeline and uh, winning some bets today. So good for me. Good for the people that are following Rick camp in many ways is a good sub for Tony. Um, and he did a great job editing last week. Russ, you didn't, you might not know cause you were out, but uh, everything, I mean, was done, listen. everything was done crisply and on, and it was delivered on time. It was a unique experience for me. I, I um, listen, I listened back and, and I will, I'll, I'm going to give Tone the benefit of the doubt. Over the last month, I think his mind was in a million places. Mm-hmm. So well, I'm going to give him the grace of the two weeks. He gets two weeks back after honeymoon time, and then we on that ass again. I'm sure he'll be way less distracted now that he lives with another person and is married. Anyway, that's why I give him the two weeks. It's not like <laughs> I'm just throwing him in the deep, and then you get two weeks. But what I was going to say is Rick's a big basketball guy. That's kind of his yes. specialty. That's his area of expertise. So mm-hmm. uh, a good, much like Tony, a good sub for Tony. Um, we're going to get into a lot of things on the show today. We're going to talk a little bit about Draymond Green. I think we'll probably get into Tom Brady. We'll get into various other things. We'll talk a little bit about the uh, the Tony Gill wedding after we reset here. But Sports Adjacent is brought to you by Sheets and Giggles. Love Sheets and Giggles. Sheetsgiggles.com. Slash SA. That's our link. And if you go to that, you will get an automatic $230 discount off their new mattress. 
We got our mattresses on the way. I can't wait to break this out and sleep on it. As soon as it gets here, man, I'm going to be testing that out. These mattresses are designed for perfect firmness and comfort, designed for airflow to keep you cool. Um, you know, they're sustainable. Uh, you're going to love these. They make them in every size for uh, for every bed, and you get $230 off. It's a great discount. $230 off if you use our link, sheetsgiggles.com slash S-A. Sports Adjacent is also brought to you by BetMGM. You can go to BetMGM and use our promo code. So download the BetMGM app. Use our promo code ADJACENT200. If you use that, you get this great offer where uh, you can bet $10 on any NFL game. And if either team scores a touchdown, you win $200 in future betting credits. So you might win your bet too. You might win your $10 bet or more. And then you also get $200 in future betting credits if either team scores a touchdown. Go to BetMGM for details or download the BetMGM app. All right. So the Tony Gill wedding. Tony Gill is going to be back next week. Are you going to be back next week, Russ? Can we do like, can we check in on married Tony Gill together next week or are we going to have to figure this out? Uh, I would love to TBD. TBD. All right. TBD. We're going to be, Tony will be back. So it's going to be yes. hard not to start digging into that. But um, you, did you have some additional thoughts on the massive Tony and Stephanie Gill wedding? Well, yeah, I had a different perspective of the wedding than other people being in it. So I'm walking down the aisle. I was the first person to walk down the aisle after uh, the parents and me and Steph uh, and Tony's sister were paired up. And I guess walking down the aisle, I don't understand why my heart was beating so fast. I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't the one getting married. I was just standing up there. Um, but my question for you two gentlemen is, because it happened to me, did you cry? And how many times did you cry in the day? I didn't cry, but it did. You know, I was there with my wife and daughters and like it did kind of take me back to my wedding. I say I felt like kind of emotional. And I also know the whole story with Tony. This was something that Tony just a few years ago had a lot of a lot of doubt, uh, a lot of frustration, a lot of wondering whether this would happen for him. And now this like amazing a uh, beautiful love came together between him and Stephanie and uh, it was a great moment for him. So, I mean, I felt emotional on, in both of those regards, but I did not get to the point of actually crying. I, I, I welled up during the vows. I don't think the single tear actually fell, but uh, I, I welled up in the vows. And then also the, the moment where he's looking back when she starts to come down the aisle, that was one that, I remember vividly from my wedding that I was like this, it was a, a big time moment. Our photographer like got a picture of it too. So maybe it's the picture as much as anything that I remember, but that was another moment that I was like, all right, I, I feel like I have an idea of what he's feeling right now. And it's, it's one of the best feelings you can have. Russ was crying because he knew it was the last time they'd hang out. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be it. <laughs> that would Don't do, do it. Don't do that. No, I uh, I cried definitely during the vows. And then I cried when Stephanie's walking down the aisle, but it wasn't because she was walking down the aisle. I was crying because I was looking out at a crowd full of so many different people of like every race, ethnicity, people I knew for like years, people I didn't know. 
everybody coming together to see these two amazing people get married and like the fact that their families love each other before they even got married i thought was so cool and i got emotional about that so i cried um and i'm not a big crier so you got to get the boy there and so to see our guy so happy i think that was the other part it's just like I've seen Tony happy before, but I've never seen him like that happy. And so because of that, the culmination of the day, um, like I was wired that whole day. And I, yeah, once I again, was not the guy getting married. Like I just had to show up with my tux on and make sure that I walked down the aisle without face planning. And I was good. Like my or, job was over. Or at the right time. There you go. Yes. Because <laughs> we almost had, we almost, almost. We almost had a, a slip up there at the beginning. Uh, but it wasn't my fault. I was directed to go, and then they stopped me. But the mothers had to light the unity candle first, and then we went. Mm-hmm. Ah. But uh, it was fine. It was fine. I, I, thought so, you were, I thought you were just so ready to, like, strut down that aisle. That oh, you I was. Oh, okay. I was. That, too. But <laughs> but I, everybody <laughs> forgot about the unity candle. And it was like, oh, shoot. Yeah, like got to let them do that. I am uh, – the wedding was nice and all, but I'm, like, so much more inter- – I remember thinking this – um, I think at the reception, Russ, I was thinking like, this is a little weird, but like my mind has already gone to the idea that Tony's going to be in Puerto Rico the next week. And like, that feels like, that feels like this totally uh, bizarre experience for him. Like great, great that he got married and everything. And the wedding's a big deal. But the idea of Tony in Puerto Rico was like, I couldn't fit it in my brain. Oh, so, so you were I, like, wow, he's traveled somewhere outside of. He's about to like, yeah. Tony's about to go, you know, further away than Cincinnati for the first time, or further away than Atlanta. He's like, been to four places. He's been to Atlanta. He's been to Orlando. He's been to Milwaukee and Chicago. I don't know if he has he ever actually been to Milwaukee, or is he just trash it for no reason? I think he might have just trashed it. So I think maybe he just so trashes been, Milwaukee well, a lot. So we assume he's, he's been, been there. to three cities <laughs> at age thirty and about to fly to another country. Like a country. Like I think that's amazing. Like, to fly to an island for him, like, yeah. I don't think people understand. Like, oh, it's a honeymoon. Yeah, you go somewhere warm and cool. And, but mm-hmm. the fact that he's never been to California or Texas, but he's about to go to Puerto Rico is insane. He's also at some point going to go to India because his wife's heritage and lineage is, is in India. And they had talked about that, like, after they got married, at some point they're going to go there. And I mean, if you think you can't wrap your mind around Tony going to Puerto Rico, India is on the horizon for him. Like, there, I we need to, to have him cam- on whenever he does. There has to be a camera it. crew. Someone yeah, has to go with. It needs to be documented. Yeah, that needs to be documented. Have to. Um, but no, I, I thought it was so much fun, like the wedding itself. And all of us have our own individual Tony stories. Mm-hmm. And I think the fact that we've all gotten to watch Tony grow at different points in his life, but the fact that how the podcast relates to Tony's marriage, where we were potting the day Tony had his last like terrible date before he met Stephanie. <laughs> he talked about <laughs> it on the podcast. Like uh, he talked about the, the date where uh, he took the, the girl who worked for the government who was super serious and I was just like, hey, are you going to get another date? And I was just like, well, I don't think she's going to let me have one. And then him and Stephanie reconnected like a week and a half, two weeks later. 
and now now they're married. So I thought that was like super cool. For me, yeah. it's I think I knew him first because of him working interning and working part time at the score and taking a while to realize if he was actually serious or if he was just this actually incredibly genius dude that was just doing a bit the entire time just to get people's reaction. Just that riling was, people up. Yeah. I imagine that was crazy. Like the first intro to tone where you're like, mm-hmm. this can't be real. This, this has to be a bit. Right. And you're like, oh no, this is how you really feel about things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and and the craziest part for, for people out there, some of the things that he has said will should never and will never ever be near a microphone. Shouldn't. Right, and you're like, getting the parts that we think you can handle. Yes, yes, because there there are some things, and he'll just bring them up, like extremely casually. Like he would do this at work. Like it's one thing. Like even it's even one thing if it's here, where it's still technically work, but it's a much more laid back atmosphere than like at the score, where in theory someone could pop into the producer's room at any minute. And he's like, you know what, guys, I was thinking about, and then you know Lawrence and I would be like, hmm. You're thinking well, about what? Yeah. Imagine him, Rick, with a hot mic 24-7, because that's kind of what marriage is now. Yeah, that's that's true. He might think he's uh, impervious to getting uh, canceled overall, but canceled within that relationship? Mm, more likely. Yeah, I feel like we're going to have <laughs> like, we, by nature, have to get a more toned-down tone, no pun intended. You would you would. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know well, if that's possible. I I think it might be. It might actually get a wilder tone here because so he can let loose. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah. exactly. He gotta let loose. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, yeah. I like. I don't. I think Stephanie's. There's gonna come a point in time where she's like, "All right, bro. Like, do that on your little podcast, but mm-hmm. in this house, yes, yeah, right." Do you guys know James Corden? The, I know who he is. I don't watch the. It's, it's like the late, late, late something the, on CBS. The, the Triple H show. Yeah, the, the yep. he does the karaoke in cars. Very popular. He's British. Well, I saw his name trending on Twitter. I didn't know why. And I, you know, he's a pretty popular dude because of all his different ventures, including obviously karaoke and cars. And something in it's probably fine. But wait till you find out it wasn't fine. So apparently James Corden is like a bag. And I I don't think that's doing him justice. (laughs) Like some of these stories where he'll like put fake hair at restaurants in the food so he can get free food. Where did you read that? Where did you read that? Is that true? The restaurant owner put it. Oh, man. He got banned from a restaurant. Well, I saw he got banned from a restaurant. Fake hair. Yikes. That is rough, man. It is this interesting drama that we've all been swept up. I, I kind of thought about that this week. I was reading there was you couldn't like you said, you couldn't go anywhere without hearing about this uh this James Corden snafu snafu in New York. But I was like, do we, do enough people really know who this guy is? Yes, bro. Well, I mean they do now if they didn't before. Bro, I'm telling you, karaoke and cars was is like huge. Huge. So the fact that he's a bad guy, like that's a that's a big deal. Yeah, uh, he, he, the the main restaurant that he's been banned from, I think, is Balthazar. Mm-hmm. I'm not Balthazar. I don't know if I'm yes. pronouncing that right in New York, but uh, there's just multiple reports here of him being uh, verbally abusive and 
ridiculous with the staff. Hey, Rick, I'm glad that we brought mm-hmm. this up. And we have you also, you know, from the I'm Fat podcast, you know, food expert too. Yes. Uh, one of the things that I found odd here was this was a, this was from uh, Keith McNally, uh, the restaurant owner. And he, he is uh, quoting a manager's report here that James Corden and his wife came to the restaurant for brunch and uh, his wife ordered an egg yolk omelet. I've never heard of that in my life. And one of the ways that this broke, I've heard of an egg white omelet. Sure. That makes sense. That's my preference, actually. Um, but the, part of the problem here, Russ, part of the issue where, that uh, set him off was there was a little bit of egg white in the egg yolk omelet. Right. I, Rick, have you ever heard of an egg yolk omelet? Is that that's a thing? No, I mean, I'm not the biggest egg person myself, but still like for one, that sounds weird. For it two, like, like instead of egg white, which would be the healthiest possible eggs. Right. We're going for the least healthy possible eggs, which I, om- I almost appreciate leaning into it, I guess. But it might be a dietary reason for it. I just never heard of that before. No, I hadn't either. And to be that bent out of shape about what sounds like just this little bit, especially when you consider what it takes just to just to like isolate the yolk, and have just that. I. All right. Like, calm down. Like, I don't know that anybody has any sort of dietary restriction that is that severe to where slight bit is going to make that much of a difference. I, I'm, I'm, I think it's one of those things where, you know, these famous people, it's kind of whatever you, you, you never know. But it was, it was the first one in a while where I was actually like, oh, damn, that, that dude's a bag. That sucks. Right, and it got it, like the opposite of what he presents. Right, it does. He doesn't present that at all, and most people are just like, "Oh yeah, that's the fun dude that sings in car in karaoke in car, and it's <laughs> had the biggest stars in the world come on and into these little like bobos and whatever and sing fun songs. It's great, but it got me thinking like, what was one of the most? Who's the surprising person that you were like, "Oh man, this person sucks." I think Ellen was like that for me, where it's like when people found out Ellen was a bag, it was like, ah, that sucks. Cause people people loved Ellen. Like Ellen was probably a year away from getting that old vote of confidence to run for run for president or something. <laughs> like Ellen was that popular. And then it's just like, ah, that sucks. I think for me it was Al Roker. Because I was never like that big of an Al Roker guy, but um, I was working at a station where now, mind you, he's doing these like media tour things. So it's like two hours of like 10 minute interviews. They're probably asking all the same questions, which gets repetitive, but we were the first ones up and he could not have been more curt and like Uh. just gave off every bag like tendency that you could expect in an interview to where we were like, like we cut the thing short. It's like, okay, six minutes of Al Roker. We're out. Yeah, we're, we're good. And then heard subsequently from other people like, yeah, he's just kind of that way. That's unfortunate. <laughs> he used to be uh, a fat icon and then it all went downhill. And then he got skinny and became an asshole. Yep. <laughs> You don't have to worry I about think- that with me, Campy. I promise. <laughs> uh, for me, it's Tiger Woods. And it's weird because it's like this was such a jarring other side of him that we didn't know about. So I was very surprised 
especially because the personality that he conveyed was definitely not, um, how would you put it? Denny's waitress. Uh, Perkins, Jason. Perkins. Perkins, excuse me. I'm sorry. I get Denny. You know, Denny's, Perkins. Perkins I, uh, is way better. Shoney's, my mistake. Sorry. Is that true, Rick? <laughs> Shoney's. Shoney's. Don't, don't, do that to don't do that to Shoney's, man. No, they still got wow. him in Tennessee. Shoney's was a treat when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. But I also, but I also don't care. Like what Tiger Woods is. Like yeah. it's fine. Like, but that, but, know, but not... I think it's different. Like, you're talking about the infidelity stuff. Yeah, just all this like. Oh, wild... I mean, like, who is somebody that we're like? Okay, oh. they're an asshole. That you're like, oh, that kind of sucks. Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. I I kind of assume. I kind of probably start from a point that like most of the famous you're people like, are hey, like. You probably suck. I, I kind of figure like you're, you're you're probably not nice to the little people. Yeah. You know that you need to be. Who's one person that you'd be very disappointed if you found out they weren't nice? Let's do Steve Carell. Steve Carell from The Office, from movies, from yeah. everything. Which is interesting because he's on a uh, he's on the morning show and like mm-hmm. his character. That's the whole thing. Is from day one. It's like he's like America's dad on the show, and then there's all this bad bad stuff going on behind the scenes. Um, but yeah, it would. I, I'm so cynical at this point with all this stuff that like I expect the bad behavior. I think. If I found, I think Steve Carell, that would hurt me. What about you? If I found out that Dwayne The Rock Johnson was a mm. bad guy, that would be like, damn, man. And I know he's not. So that makes me feel good. But like, if the, if the day ever came where he, it turned and he yeah. just went one, I'd be like, oh, that sucks. If you saw him get banned from a restaurant? Yes. For acting like this. Oh, I I thought you were nice. I wanted you to be nice. You were one of the good ones. You were one of the good ones. (laughs) 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 Oh, there's the hashtag for the day. Hashtag, you were one of the good ones. One One of of the the good good ones. ones. I think for me, is it probably Stevie Wonder? There might be something out there, and I just don't know. Outside of the, you know, does he see or does he not? Which I kind of respect you that it's still this face. much. Russ question. has so much he wants to say. As soon as you said Stevie, I, hate, I know, I know, I, I know. love Steve. I think Stevie is the most talented musician the world has ever seen. Um, but, but no, I, I, <laughs> I am still in the camp, and I've now become the m- minority that think he's still blind. Most, yeah. I feel like it's as time has gone on. Most people are like, nah, that Stevie could definitely see. I think Lawrence uh, and Jason both think mm-hmm. that Steve have been long for years have said that Stevie can see. Yeah. But, you know, it's probably know. like the he can kind of make out some shapes of some kind or like shades and whatever. And that gives him like enough. But yeah, no, the, the man's still blind. As, as fun as it is to say he's not and get reactions out of people like Russ. <laughs> yeah, I think I feel like legally, by definition, he cannot see. Correct. But he could, yeah, probably, he's probably seen a face or two at some point in his life. I think well, that, he, always... wait, he's, how, wait, how many, he's got hella kids, right? So I think so. A lot of time. Yeah. So, like, Stevie's seeing something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think stuff like this is always very indicative of, uh, I don't want to say a person's character because people can change, but it's a, at least indicative of where your character is right now in the present like with James Corden, because like, how will you treat people that you don't have to treat well? How do you treat people? You know, it's one thing to be nice to Lin-Manuel Miranda, what he's doing 
uh, singing in the car with you or doing whatever. some Hamilton with you. Yeah, yeah. but how, how are you treating like the people, the people, the just regular people that work at a hotel or a restaurant or drive oh. you or, or your wife, according to one of these stories? Yeah, where you're sitting in first class and she's holding the baby and getting the luggage out and you're chilling. <laughs> like it's that 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 kind of just says, "Hey, this is kind of me." Like I'll do it to you, as my wife. Like. <laughs> yeah that's it's rough but you you just never know man it just reeks of the, the whole the story reeks of entitlement it's like you walk in and i'm like i'm james corden i should get everything i want and while probably a lot of his life and a lot of a celebrity's life is like that like man you got to really look in the mirror when you start just naturally acting that way everywhere you go i want to take i kind of want to take this thing to another level has this ever yes. happened to you in the city of Chicago, in Chicago sports media. Ooh. Have you ever been big-timed? Have you ever been by somebody like here? Um, No. Actually, you know, like, I've found the opposite. Like, even people that I didn't really know um, have been really good to me and wouldn't have any reason. Like, Rick Morrissey, Rick Tellender at the Sun-Times, like, long time very accomplished columnist. Um, Jason Goff, for example, first time I met him years back uh, at NBC, like just phenomenally uh, uh, welcoming and nice to me. Um, yeah, I've I've not had bad experience. I have had nothing really but good experiences with the other media members since I got here. That's good. That's good. I had you one, haven't. What happened, I've had, Ross? What I've, happened? Had, I've had one bad experience. Who called you, Ross? I did have a, I did have a guy like, and this was a good guy, but like that I later like had a different relationship. This was back in Miami, but there was a columnist down there who I think for this first uh, six months I worked there called me Justin. And when I was an intern and like the worst part about it was that I think his, if I remember right, his son's name was Jason. Like it should have been the easiest name in the world to remember. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. No, listen, I uh, I had one bad experience. I won't put put this person's name out there, uh, but you know, as a young kid, you're you're reaching out to people for uh, advice, talk to execs, etc. And mm -hmm. the person was like, "Yeah, let's here. I'm gonna call me, email me, do whatever, whatever." And then, like, I did. Never heard from the person again. Did you ever see them around or anything? Or oh yeah, 100%. did it ever like? Did it ever like come up? I like the, the literally when I met that person, like actually in person, I literally reintroduced myself mm. like that. That encounter never happened in their mind. It's like, ah, got it. <laughs> got it. Got it. Got it. But you know, it's whatever. But the people that handle it the opposite way, the people that do like mentor you and are kind to you and welcoming to you when when you're at the bottom, when you're just starting, when you're an intern or low level and employee, entry level, whatever, like you remember that. And that 100 percent. You remember a it, it it makes you think differently about those people as people, but for me it has completely stuck. With, it has completely been instructive to me about how to how I should be toward interns and young reporters and p and like when I worked uh, when I covered the University of Florida, they would the the school paper there is very big. They have a big journalism department, and they would have five I think four or five of their student reporters would be covering. Florida football and basketball, just like 
the professional reporters were, and they would kind of pair up with you. And like, I always saw that as important. Like this is, this is absolutely something you should do um, because it's been done for you. Yeah. The, the lift as you climb mantra. And I think somebody who's like that, where it's like, you, you really don't have to be this nice, but they are. And it like, makes you like appreciate them. Ken Rosenthal's like that. Like Ken Rosenthal is one of the nicest people I've ever met. And for somebody who's been doing it as long as he has at the highest level, it's just like, you don't have to be that nice. Even though like you, yes, you would say, yeah, you want to meet nice people. But it's like, if, if somebody was nasty to you at that level, you'd be like, I mean, that sucks, but I kind of get it. But when you come across people like that, who are just like, Hey, you need anything? And like go out of their way to introduce themselves. Like, that's awesome. Lawrence is obviously one of those people. Like we, yes. anybody who listens to this podcast already knows yes. Lawrence is a, a hundred percent that person. I know he's done that for, for all of us. And like, especially for a mm-hmm. big part of my career being at the same place that he is. And I'm trying to think too, like for me specifically, like Chris Tanhill, same yeah. way. Although for him, it's, he's extremely modest about it, but it's, if you ask him anything, like, I learned a lot just by observing the way he would prep for a show. And I would ask, Hey, how'd you find X or how do you do this? And he just show you like, that's a guy that's so good at his gig that could be like, no, this is kind of, this is kind of my bag. And, and, you know, you can figure it out and do, or, or do the thing that some people do, which sometimes is real. And sometimes is, uh, you know, it's just trying to get you out of their face of like, well, everybody has to find their own way because if you're not doing it your way, it's like you get that to a point, but then sometimes it also feels like a cop out. But like he would never do that type of thing. There's like those type of people that are exactly where they are and still will show you every trick. That is that's the essence. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is bullshit. Time to call out the world's hypocrisies with bullshit. High-quality bullshit. Sheet. World-class designer bullshit, Sheet. to be sure. Bullshit. Presented by Sheets and Giggles. They just say whatever they think will interest the audience or make it appear that they know what they're talking about. And what comes out is bullshit. I Call Bullshit is brought to you by Sheets and Giggles. You can go to sheetsgiggles.com slash SA and you'll get $230 off their new mattress. No promo code needed. Check it out. It's designed to be as uh, the most comfortable mattress you've ever slept on. It's sustainable. It's made with eucalyptus. You're going to love this mattress. Uh, and you can get such a great discount on it, $230 off if you use our link, sheetsgiggles.com slash SA. It is cold now. It oh, has yeah. gotten chilly in the beautiful city of Chicago. It's been in the 30s in the morning. And you need some sheets that keep you cool under those comfortable blankets. And the cool part about Sheets and Giggles the sheets keep you cool at night, but they also keep you warm. Now that it's cooling off, they got the the uh, jersey sheets, 
the the flannel sheets. If you yeah, like. they got this uh, like eucalyptus cotton hybrid for flannel. The blend, the blend, yes. Yeah. And so it, whatever you like, whether you like the soft blend, whether you like the just the regular eucalyptus sheets, they have it all. Sheetsgiggles.com forward slash sa. Get some new, get the mattress, get some sheets to put on the mattress, and uh, keep yourself warm this fall I'm, and and winter. I'm glad you mentioned that, Russ, because I'd like to also talk about the weather. That's a hot topic, right? We can do a segment on that. <laughs> sure. It, well, but it has gotten cold here. We've hit yeah. the point where it's gotten cold. Like we're starting to kind of in Chicago. We do our show in Chicago. We all live in Chicago. But I'm sure if you're in uh, the Northeast or anywhere else in the Midwest, you're kind of experiencing the same thing where you kind of feel like fall is coming weather-wise. And then all of a sudden it's just cold. The bottom drops out this week. And it has been below 40. You're right. And I feel like, how do you deal with this? Because one of the things that happens to me this time of year is the problem is because of how you dress for the cold outside, I end up all the time. I'm too hot. Like it, particularly in the car, I end up mm-hmm. way too hot in the car. There's times Russ where it's like, I feel like I'm crazy because there'll be times where it's like 45 degrees out and I'll be getting too hot in the car and I'm pulling, I'm pulling layers off. I'll turn the air conditioning on in my car. I had to do it today. And you know, today in Chicago, it was around 40, probably most of the day. Like I had to turn the air on because you wear a heavy jacket or you, and this happens if you go in stores, if you got to go shopping, like at the mall or something, and you're wearing too heavy of a coat, like it's actually like, and I granted, this is like a first world problem, but one of the problems that happens with winter is being too hot when you're inside. So it's, there's a couple things to, to solve this problem, whatever you're wearing, you have to be kind of be aware. So right now I've refused to put on a coat yet. Right. So I, I don't want to take out my coat yet. How well, I wanted, I felt the same way. Like I didn't want to give in, but the other day I'm like, it's, it's 38. Like I need my winter coat. No, it's cold. Yeah. I get you. I get you. I understand. But my car's in a garage. It's not a heated garage, but it's a garage. Right. And oh, it's literally, you okay. Oh, oh, I'm fine. Oh, I'm okay. Fine. All right. Okay. <laughs> First world problems. <laughs> so there's, it's literally three steps from the door, like where the elevator drops me to my car. And so what do I need to put my coat on for? So like I'll put a sweater or a hoodie on and go to the studio and have I'll have like my, my book bag. And then once I get to the studio, I park in front of the United Center and walk in. It's literally 30 seconds. So I don't need to really wear a coat yet. So that's how I solve it. And I still have I'm still warm because I have a hoodie and or sweater or something. Are, are you running from the car into the studio? Yeah, yeah. You're doing the Chicago shoulders up, walking fast, sprint walk, doing the. Oh shit, 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 shit! Like you, you always—it's always swearing. Like you, you right, shoulders no. up. Yeah. Like you have to swear and have your shoulders up towards your ears, and then walking really fast. Oh shit! Oh shit! It's funny. It's funny watching him do it, but it's also funny because like it's true. who, who doesn't do that? That's all of us. Everybody does that. Yeah. Like I, I haven't put on a winter coat yet. To be fair, I've got the extra layer built in. So it's kind of like, you know, we're splitting the difference <laughs> okay. here. So I so I put on the hoodie, but like I have a good, I don't know, like 15, 20 step walk into uh into this one radio station I've been doing some stuff at. And uh it's just that there's not enough stuff covering. It's just the wind whips with you. Yeah. So even though there's trees on one, a good tree line on one side and some houses on the other, no, it doesn't matter because that wind is going right with you. So you're fine. It pushes you towards the door, but on the way back, we're almost to the point where like you've got the cold tears coming down mm-hmm. yeah. just from that cold wind. 
fact, it's the one thing I actually miss about wearing glasses was mm-hmm. the glasses would block some of that stuff. Now it's just like it's all right there for you. I think the other part was when we were like deep into COVID, when we were wearing masks everywhere, having that extra layer mm-hmm. in the wintertime was great. Mm-hmm. I had an uh, invention that I was floating to my wife about sweater masks, that it would be like a mask that was like the thickness of a sweater. And I thought this would this would be we'll be we'll be billionaires if we do this. And she said, no, that's that's stupid. <laughs> and I think I was right. But now we now we've missed the window. So, yeah, 100 percent. hundred percent. It's one of the it's one of the simple things I miss about living in Miami is that like even in the wintertime, I like to be in my house like Russ, you're right now. I assume wearing shorts. I only see the top of you in the cutoff. T-shirt, yeah, I, like, I yeah, see, I, I worked out before we came on here. But it's yeah. cold outside, but it's not cold in our homes because we're running the heat. So like, I don't need to be bundled up inside my house. My wife does. My wife still bundles up inside the house has all these layers. But like one of the simple things I miss about Miami is just being able to go outside without a thought. Just go, just whatever time of year, 12 months a year, whatever you got on, throw on some flip-flops. You can go to the jewels down there. It's called Publix. Uh, But like now, if you were to do it, like you can't make, you can't go on a like quick jewel run dressed like this in shorts and a Mm t-shirt. You would be in an all-out sprint from the car into the jewels. All right. So the only reason I disagree with you, because literally yesterday I did. So I worked out and I'm like, ah, I need some things from Jewel, but I need like three things, but I kind of need them like right now. So I go to the car, get in. I had uh shorts, compression shorts on, and a t-shirt. Um, and then you know, I wouldn't suggest doing that after, especially after workout <laughs> when your pores are open. So go downstairs. Go to Jewel. Jewel's literally like right across from my building. I could park out front, ran inside, got what I needed, ran back outside. Um, but yeah, like I get you. Yeah. But also for me, I just turned my heat on like three days ago. And that's a, that means a lot because I get hot very fast. <laughs> and so yes, the fact too. that I've turned my heat on, that means it's it's gotten pretty oh. cold. My this heat has always- not gone on yet. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, no, I'm but, but, out. but I to be fair, I also live on like the seventh floor of a building, so like it it's it's naturally a little and it's an older heat building, rises, so it's yeah. yeah, so the heat rises thing actually matters. But I do appreciate Russ not directly saying he had to go to the store for toilet paper right after his uh right after his workout. Listen, man. Hey, I'm not, not judging, I've paper. done it. Oh, okay. It was not toilet paper. Well, I've done that for toilet paper. That's a quick kind of important. Through. That's a quick trip through the jewels, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, you know exactly what you're going for. Okay. You know exactly what you're going for. That is a battle in our house is like with my wife about the thermostat and turning the heat on like the first time. Because I would hold off as long as possible uh, because I've like developed that, you know, dad thing where it's like we don't want to run. We don't want to turn that, you know, because it's really about cost it's about being yes. cheap and not wanting to like you get only a few months a year here where like you can save on your heating and cooling bill where it's like it's it's okay like i wouldn't need to heat on this time of year but my wife you know all of a sudden of course like the first whiff of cold we, we gotta we, and then we start kind of fighting where it's like if she goes to bed before i do i'll turn it down a little bit if i go to bed before she does turn, it's very petty uh i but see like when you're talking about sheets and giggles and you're talking about the sheets like and, and it might sound like Kind of unusual. We're talking about like the sheets keep you cool at night as we go into winter. That's what I prefer. And I know there's people out there that want the flannel sheets and want the blankets and everything. But like in the house, it's warm enough. I want the cool sheets when even in winter. Mm-hmm. That's my preference. Anyway, mm-hmm. same. 
Uh, I'm here to call bullshit on Draymond Green because Draymond Green says that he still has, quote, no idea how much the video of him punching Jordan Poole in practice blew up. Let's hear what he had to say. And now, Rick Camp reads. To be totally honest with you, I never really knew how much it blew up because I don't spend much time like searching Instagram or looking through comments. I don't really read many tweets at all. I was just at home chilling with my children. If you want me to be honest with you, I still don't know how much the world may think it blew up. Very good, Rick. It was like you practiced reading that. It would be. It was like you could read. Gosh, I was like, Russ, Russ, are you are you like me where when somebody starts a sentence with, you know, to be honest with you or I'll be honest with you that you immediately know it won't be something honest. Yeah, 100 <laughs> percent. He said, I don't I don't even check. I don't even go on Twitter or check tweets. Bro, He stays on Twitter. I isn't he like the pettiest athlete in sports right now? Like he's like Mr. Quote tweet. Like if he sees something, Mr. New Media, he's going to call it out. So, yes. like, to say after all that, I don't even be on Twitter. I was just with my kids. All right. All right, buddy. I, I've looked, like, I went looking. I'm like, maybe he, let's see. Let's see if his Twitter is, because I follow, I, I, I'm loosely aware of Draymond Green's tweets, but I don't know about all of them. Like, let's see if this feels like this is run by a handler or, mm-hmm. you know, it's just promotional. No, he's like, he's getting into it with the guy from 2K. Ronnie 2K. Ronnie like, 2K is not like is it that serious, bro? Draymond has a lot of tweets. And the idea, but the idea that like the idea that he is claiming to be just so detached from this and so like above the the noise in this and doesn't know how much it blew up. Russ, how many press conferences did they have about this? They've had a the lot. Warriors had a parade had a of press conferences. We're gonna have Steve Kerr talk about this. We're gonna have Bob Myers talk about this. We're gonna have Steph Bro. Curry. Draymond's gonna have his own like confessional press the conference. The only person we ain't heard from was Jordan Poole. And honestly, after I got 140 mil, I ain't talking to nobody either, bro. I'm cool. <laughs> I got punched in the face last week. Somebody gave me 140 million this week. I'm chilling, bro. I don't even care. I don't want to talk to y'all. The guy claims think- to not know anything that's going on. But what did he wear to opening night? He looked like the Riddler. He had a money green suit on. With the vents closed. Well, like, come yeah, on, that, man. You got, enough, you got money to ask him to take the thread out of Come on, man. Do you think fuck. that, like, the whole Draymond Green persona is wearing thin with his, <laughs> the people he works with? Yeah, because uh, everybody getting paid. And at some point, they can't pay everybody. Like they just gave Jordan Poole 140 million. They just gave Andrew Wiggins 104 million, and they're gonna pay over 500, well over 500 million dollars in luxury tax next year. So they're gonna have to figure something out. And uh, I don't know if Mr. Triple Single gonna get it done. Uh, I Call Bullshit is brought to you by Sheets and Giggles. You can go to sheetsgiggles.com slash SA. Take a look at their uh, at the sheet set, the uh, throw blanket, the flannel sheet set, they, comforters, duvets, duvet covers. They got all that. They got it in great colors, super soft. Like, we all love having this stuff on our bed. And uh, the mattress is the new thing. And, if I mean, if you love the sheets, you're going to love the mattress. So check out the mattress. Go to sheetsgiggles.com slash SA, and you will automatically get a 230 discount in your cart sheetsgiggles.com slash sa 
football roundup. Come on, it's time to play football roundup. Brought to you by BetMGM on a Sports Adjacent Podcast. All right, Football Roundup is our weekly segment where we catch you up on everything important, only the most important news from the football weekend, and there was plenty of it this past weekend. And it is brought to you by BetMGM. You can go to BetMGM.com or download the BetMGM app, and we've got a great offer for you. You bet $10 on any NFL game, and you will win automatically $200 in future betting credits if either team in your game scores a touchdown. Uh, they got every kind of betting you could imagine. They've got NBA. NBA is just getting underway now. NHL has gotten started. We're in the baseball playoffs. Uh, World Series is around the corner. College football. Um, they've got everything on there. And uh, if you want the offer, the free betting credits, the free $200 in betting credits on any $10 NFL bet, as long as either team scores a touchdown, it's promo code ADJACENT200. ADJACENT200. We'll get you $200 in future betting credits if either team in the NFL game you bet on scores a touchdown. Russ, I know you need some important football news. Like, you've probably been so consumed with the baseball playoffs, and they've been very good. It's been a good playoffs. You yes. were in uh, Atlanta for Philly's was in Atlanta. Uh, yeah. By the time people hear this, I'll be in Philly for game three, four, and five of the championship series, and then I will be at the World Series next week. Fantastic. I'm glad. That's going to be cool for you. You've never been to the World Series probably, right? Not as a reporter, no. This is going to be good. Yeah. Uh, but first, I want to catch you up on some football news. So uh, I love these kinds of stories. This is about the Dolphins. Do you remember when the Dolphins were 3-0? and <laughs> Yes. They were kind of like the talk of the league. And then Tua got concussed. And, and uh, pool so, table, I mean, uh, ping pong tables and all well, that. Well, that's what I wanted to talk to you about. And okay. these stories always kind of amuse me because uh, – when the Dolphins are 3-0, and this is like late September. This is, I believe, going into that Cincinnati game that everybody saw. Um, I see an article from late September saying how they have this ping pong table in the locker room. And man, Russ, you wouldn't believe how instrumental this ping pong table has been in the team being 3-0. and It's bringing people together. It brings the spirit of competition. It breaks up the monotony of training camp and the work week and all these things. Man... There's quoting this this article I, I read, I believe, in the Palm Beach Post, quoting Tua and co- quoting um, what's the running back, uh, Raheem Mostert. Raheem Mostert. Yeah. yeah co- quoting guys all over the page about how this this ping pong table, man, this is really bringing us together. Uh, now they're three and three. Dolphins have lost three straight. And, and guess why? The damn ping pong table. It's that pesky ping pong table. So Mike McDaniel is saying, hey, they, you know, the team captains. Russ have had this ping pong table removed because it is a distraction. They need to be able to focus on their work and, and they're just, they're just tired of it. They're just tired of you trying to make them have this ping pong table. Although then uh, it gets a little more complicated because Tyreek Hill says, no, 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 we didn't, we didn't do that. We, we just needed a new ping pong table. So we got rid of the old one, new ones on his way. That's hilarious. <laughs> so after all that, they made a big, you know, that was, that was, that was headline lower third on a lot of different networks. <laughs> include mine unfortunately i love that the we ping pong table i can't believe that the, the dolphins are trying to take out the ping pong tables because they're losing games and they were just replacing it because it was old we need to get omar kelly back on to help explain how the ping pong table can be the reason they were three and oh but also the reason they've gone oh and three their last three games uh have you paid any attention to the broncos this year and if the answer is no then good for you Unfortunately, I have because they've been mm. in prime time, prime time every week. 
they are uh, kind of forcing this team on you because they thought they'd be good. Uh, yeah. But here's a question for you. Would you rather be the Broncos or the Bears? They're both uh, two and four, but the Bears are rebuilding in two and four. The, uh, the Broncos were going for it. I'd rather be the Bears because of what you just said. The, the Broncos traded all their assets away to get Russell Wilson mm-hmm. and then gave him $245 million guaranteed. Also and correct. He, and he might be terrible now. Uh, also, their coach doesn't seem to be the right guy. This seems oh, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, I, it seems to be way too much for him. So I, I was talking about this with somebody on my show. I'm like, so he must have had the best interview you can possibly have because How? Nothing he's, there's nothing he's done that says he can actually coach a football team. Uh, Aaron Rodgers leverage. Because if you remember at that time, if Aaron Rodgers was going to leave, he was going to go to Den- the Broncos. It, Denver was kind of the thought. Yeah. So they're like, you know how, you know how we can just bring this home, hire his guy or who we perceive to be his guy because he was in the same stop with him. He hired a help coach. You got to know that's funny. But <laughs> what Russ said, but also what Rick said, well, Rick said, you got to know for sure that that's going to work. Yes, it has to be you, guaranteed. It, it's, you got to have that one sign thing, delivered. It's one thing if it's like, um, the most most best example I can think of this is from like 10 years ago. So maybe you guys have a more common one, but like it's one thing to say, we're going to sign uh Zoran Dragic in order to entice Goran Dragic to sign with us. I'm it's sure there's like a lot when, of recruiting examples that are it's college like recruiting the, that are more the white Sox, the white Sox signed Yonder Alonzo because he was best friends <laughs> with Manny Machado. Yeah. And then the, that, uh, Manny signed with the Padres. That's fine. Do that. I do that all the time. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't even work. That's fine. Uh, don't do that with your head coaching position, I would say. That's never a good idea. Or like with um, uh, Michael Porter Jr., uh, where they put his dad on the coaching staff at Mizzou to get him to go to Mizzou. Yeah, don't yep. do that. That's that's too <laughs> high stakes, probably. Very high stakes. Right. The Broncos lost 19-16 in overtime to the Chargers on Monday. We thought all these AFC West games were going to be so much fun because we thought all four of the teams are going to be really good, and it's not true. Uh, but the, the the Broncos don't score. Like if you're tired of watching Bears lose 12-7 or Bears win 19 to 11, the Broncos actually scored less. The Broncos went and got Aaron Rodgers' coach and they went and stole Seattle's star quarterback and they're scoring 15.2 points per game, worse than the league. And as Russ said, they're they're paying for it because you'd walk in and you'd say, "You know what these guys got to do is like if your new ownership, which they have new ownership or will have new ownership, like they got to fix coach and quarterback." So probably new ownership fires this fires Nathaniel Hackett right away and then draft a quarterback. Draft a quarterback right now. Can't really draft a quarterback if you gave up all your draft picks to get it, Russell Wilson for the at next 48 and a half million a year. And like you're hoping that if you're them, all right, he can't be nearly as bad as he's shown. But the problem is He's not a spring chicken. So your next that you pay in him for the next decade. Yeah, he's 33. And there's already been like this isn't the first whiff of decline with Russell Wilson. He wasn't good last year. So 33. Like, yeah, there is time for quarterback. A a quarterback. I know Tom Brady's playing to like 45 or whatever. It's reasonable Mm -hmm. for a very good quarterback who takes care of his body, doesn't get hit a lot. Rodgers is almost 40. They could make it. He could play till 38, 39 reasonably. Um, But there's not a lot of signs that this is going to get better. With Russell Wilson. And if you remember, the Bears wanted this. The Bears wanted to do this a year earlier. Ryan Pace, this was going to be his job-saving move, was to bet to trade everything that they've got coming in the future and Roquan Smith and whatever to get Russell Wilson. And Seattle were the ones – the Seahawks were the ones that said no. So you could be the Broncos. 
I think I would rather be the Bears. They're both uh, in, uh, you know, you'd rather be the Chiefs or the Bills, really. But if you had to choose out of these two, like at least the Bears kind of knew they'd be like this and they got draft picks coming up. Yeah, young team with assets and cap space. A hundred percent would be that. Denver has committed all this money to him and it's going to be at least like three or four seasons before they could really reasonably get out of this. And they had no first or second round pick this year and they have no first or second round pick next year. And, now, and, does the does the new Broncos ownership have to go through Russell's uh, business manager to be able to get a conversation with him, or do they get his number that? direct? You're not how getting that, that sell. <laughs> that is that's, that's that is come wild. on, man. But like, that but also that fits, right? Yes, yes, right. Yes. If I t- if I told you, hey, there's a star quarterback that he doesn't give it. There's a star quarterback in the NFL. You don't know who it is, and uh, he doesn't give his teammates his cell phone number. His star important teammates. Uh, who I mean, would you get? Is it who would you guess ahead of Russell Wilson? He'd be your guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's. Come on, man. How and are lastly, you disconnected. Uh, well, you know, Mister Unlimited, as he's been calling himself, it has he not endeared very, himself. Mister Very Limited, apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we're you only get so many minutes in this plan. I'm sorry. You can't just you can't just be giving everybody your phone number. It's Russell Wilson. <laughs> right. Right. Let's ride. And finally, Russ, uh, Von Miller with an interesting revelation. Actually, I guess two interesting revelations to uh, NBC's Peter King. One, a little more serious. He admitted that uh, he had there was some regret taking this big contract to go to Buffalo uh, right off the bat. There was kind of some like, oh, man, what did I do? I'm having to move across the country. Uh, I'm going to be in a place where I don't know anybody. And he admitted that throughout the entire training camp, he was dealing with homesickness and I think when you hear him say homesickness, like that, that may sound like something uh, a kid feels when they go off to camp or something, but like what he's probably talking about is feeling pretty down uh, like day in, day out and really kind of questioning whether he made the right move. Uh, He said that a nice gesture by the bills fans is kind of what helped turn him around and kind of turned around his attitude. He had made an offhanded comment to the media that the toilet paper at St. John Fisher college uh, where they were having training camp wasn't too good. They were in this dorms, the toilet paper, you know, must've been single ply. Uh, and then he got flooded with packages sent to him of toilet paper, like the good kind. And, uh, and he says tons, quote, tons and tons and tons of toilet paper wipes too. So that made me feel good. <laughs> I like that. The wipes do make you feel good. So what you listen, if you if you're not on team from that, there's a lot if you're not on team wipes in 2022, you're doing it wrong. That's right. Football Roundup is brought to you by BetMGM. You can go to betmgm.com or down and download the uh, BetMGM app, and you get this great offer that we have. If you bet ten dollars on any NFL game, you win two hundred dollars in free future bets. If either team scores a touchdown, just use our promo code adjacent two hundred. You might want to stay away from Broncos games, it sounds like. But promo code ADJACENT200 will uh, get you a free $200 in future bets on your $10 NFL bet. Go to BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Russ, would you like to hear the news we didn't get to? We got to a lot of stuff. So, yeah, I'm very curious to see what we didn't get to. Well, we did. We talked about... Uh, we talked about Russell Wilson. We talked about Draymond Green, uh, the weather. Yeah. Uh, we're going to need your help for this one, though. We're going to need to bring in uh, Sports Adjacent's MLB insider, 
Ross Dursey to talk a little baseball playoffs. We are in the a- ALCS and NLCS. Uh, as we record this right now, the Padres and Phillies are one game apiece, and the Astros are up one nothing over the Yankees. Do I have all of that correct? Correct. I'm off to a good start. So here's my question for you, Ross Dursey. Uh, how did we get here? How did we get to these four teams? What has surprised you? I know you've been at some of these games, and like you said, we'll be at some of these games coming up. Uh, you know, you're looking at like the Phillies, for example. I don't think everybody expected the Phillies to be here, uh, or the Padres when they lose Fernando Tatis. The Dodgers are not here. Like, what what stands out to you about how we arrived at Padres, Phillies, Astros, Yankees as the final four teams? One, there's been fantastic baseball. I'm talking high quality, high intensity baseball. And if you're Major League Baseball or you're a fan of baseball, that's exactly what you want this time of year. And there's been a lot of bitching and moaning about the format when it comes to oh, best of five versus best of seven. I think for me, the thing I noticed it and the thing that you've clearly seen from the results, teams that got the bye this year in this season did not play well. Dodgers, Yankees, who else? The Astros obviously played well against Seattle, but they did not in game one. And it, and it showed. And Atlanta, all those teams had that first game it took them a little bit and in the case of the atlanta braves and the dodgers they both got bounced in the first round the, the braves three, won the, they both yeah bounced three one braves won the nl east got bounced by the phillies the dodgers won a uh franchise record 107 games uh or 111 games excuse me and got bounced uh in, in the first round by the padres who they dominated in the regular season so i just think for me the better teams won in all these different series. And I don't think there was something that you would have learned in seven games that you didn't learn in five. Like I learned that the Phillies were better than the Braves and it looked that way after game one. And after four games, that question was clearly answered. Yes, this team is better. The Padres were clearly the better team over the Dodgers. Um, The Yankees were better than the Guardians. So I've enjoyed the baseball so far. And I think it'll be really cool uh, in the World Series because you're going to have, you know, a couple teams that haven't been there in a long time, whether that's the Padres or the Phillies and then the Yankees playing the Astros, uh, who they've struggled against in the postseason. The Dodgers, do you look at the Dodgers, Russ, as a 111 win team and say that that's a that's a good team? It just didn't work out. Like, don't don't overreact. Or do you see a team that like that needs some changes because they got bounced again? I think when it comes to the Dodgers, the one, their teams that had trouble with their pitching all got bounced, right? The Braves did not have their best pitching. Uh, Max Free did not look like himself. Spencer Strider, who had been a stud all year long, was hurt, came back, got shelled. Charlie Morton got shelled. And uh, Kyle Wright, who won 21 games this year, pitched well, but that was about it. Um, and with the Dodgers, look, you lost Walker Bueller for the year with Tommy John. And after that, you're kind of trying to throw together your rotation. You had some guys that pitched well, Gonsolin, Arias, Kershaw, but those guys just didn't necessarily pitch like they did throughout the regular season once they got to the postseason. So I I, I think there's some things that they're going to have to do differently. Andrew Friedman said as much in his uh, end-of-the-year post-conference, press conference. But that's still a team that you look at and that you have Freddie Freeman, you have Mookie Betts, they're going to have to figure out their shortstop situation because I'm not sure Trey Turner returns, but they still have a lot of talent. They have these a great farm system. So I think part of it was they just got cold at the wrong time. 
and they'll have to figure out how to keep things going. But the one thing about the Dodgers that other teams don't have the benefit of, they can spend whatever money they want to. Yeah. And they, they can, can buy their spend way over out of their problems. Yes, they can buy their way out of their problems. Yep. Russell Westbrook. So, like, it's crazy to me to, me to hear how many different ways the Lakers could have avoided this but didn't. Um, still on their team, still making $47 million this year. But, you, you know, you remember that uh, DeMar DeRozan thought he was going to be the piece going there, but uh, LeBron and the Lakers wanted Russell Westbrook. Uh, news came out um, from Tony Jones of The Athletic that the Jazz actually made an offer for Westbrook. And this is kind of amazing that the Lakers turned this down because you would think they'd be looking for any way, any reasonable way out of this. And this sounds very reasonable to me. Uh, the Jazz were offering Mike Conley, Rudy Gay, Bojan Bogdanovic, and a 2023 first-round pick. I did not know Rudy Gay was still playing. Did you guys know that? I, only because I looked at the Jazz's roster today to see how bad they were going to be in the tanking for Victor Webanyama, and they have some absolute terrible names on their team. I love I, Mike Conley, but Rudy Gay – I did not was, know he was start, playing. Rudy Gay started playing basketball when I was in, like, the fourth grade. He's almost my age. He's 36. Yes. It's my me age. And, me and Rudy Gay could hang out and talk about the 90s together. <laughs> and you couldn't tell me as a kid that Rudy Gay wasn't going to be like uh, one of the greatest players to ever play. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, anyway, that was the offer. The offer was those guys and the 2023 first round pick for Russell Westbrook and two first round picks. And the Lakers turned it down. And they've got a $47 million, 34 year old. Russell Westbrook in the opener, though, Westbrook was all right. He was played 31 mm -hmm. minutes. He started the game, 19 points, 11 rebounds, three assists. Speaking of being old, Russ, uh, Eminem is 50. He just turned 50. Damn. Yeah, that's it. That's the only news update on that. <laughs> okay. Mm. Okay. He just turned 50. Can you imagine? Eminem is 50. He could be a grandfather at 50. I mean, I don't know if 50? he is or not, but he could be. JLo's almost 50, yeah? Or is 50? JLo might be 50. I don't know. I think JLo's 50. Do some producing, Rick. Find out, find out how old JLo is. All right. Uh, I think JLo's 50. I think Snoop is 50. I think uh uh Jay-Z is close to 50 or at 50. So, JLo's yeah. 53. Damn. There we go. Thank you. But you looked shocked though when I said Eminem was 50. He has a his he has a 26-year-old daughter. I mean, that's like your age, right? Eminem could be your dad, age-wise. That's wild. It's wild to think about. It is. And that's all. That's all there is on that item. Uh, <laughs> okay. So a couple items on Netflix here for you. Uh, one, Love is Blind Season 3 is out, and uh, you're not in it. Hey, good job. It's set in Dallas, so, you know, you weren't really going to be – you might have missed your shot because they already did the Chicago season. We need them to come back to Chicago, and we can get you on there. Uh, but – but also, you know, I know you weren't really ever interested in doing that. This one might be more pertinent to you. Netflix has been threatening for a long time to crack down on account sharing. Uh, they are the only ones doing this. Everyone else seems to be like, sure, HBO, Disney, whatever. Share your accounts. It's fine. We don't care. Amazon. Uh, Netflix has been threatening this for a long time, and they said they're finally ready to do it. They're going to start charging. It's going to probably be 3 or $4 per extra user. In early 2023, they've been testing this system in the Latin American markets. And if someone is found to be on your account with like a profile on your account or logged into your account or whatever, and they're found to not be living with you, 
Netflix says, then they are going to start assessing this three to four dollar a month extra fee. How are they going to investigate this? How are they going to figure like I was going to say figure me out? But of course, I would never do something like this. Uh, how are they going to find me out, Russ? I mean, IP address. What if I got two houses? What if I'm just that rich? Yeah, but I don't know, dude. Like, I would imagine, hey, why does Jason Leisure have four Netflix accounts active and go you and being in use right now in four different cities in the world? That's a good question, although it wouldn't be my name on the account. I'm one of the extra accounts. Uh, we do that in my family, like, usually one person's got the whatever service and then that password gets passed around. Is that like normal? I assume that's not what everybody's that's doing, normal. right? Uh, yeah, no, I, I think it's normal, but I think there's also the, your f- buddies asking you, Hey, you got your Netflix yeah. uh, account. Let me, let me get the password and use it. I think as an adult though, you can't use another adults. Like if you have a family one and there's multiple users, that's one thing. But you can't be a grown ass man asking another grown ass man, "Hey, bro, can I get the Netflix login?" Come wait on. a minute. Okay, so it's okay if it's if so I so like I, you have I'm the using family someone one. else's. I'm using someone else's that they pay for, it, but they're in the family. But if I was to, if I was to ask you, for example, then that's inappropriate. I feel like that's inappropriate. Okay. But what I said is right. Like you, like yes. I repeat so like back we have okay. one. It's like so it's all fine that I use my dad's members. HBO Max account. But it would be ludicrous of me to be like, hey, Russ, can I get that Disney Plus? Yes. <laughs> yes. A hundred percent disrespect. I should have fight you. It's also fight so you, much guys. funnier that you said Disney Plus. Yes. <laughs> that, that's hilarious. They, they, got, some they got some shit on. They got is. some shit on there. They got some shit on there. I, I'll get Russ, I'll is give Russ you know Russ every now and then has got to sit down and watch The Lion King again. He's not wrong. Yeah. I still haven't seen Moana or Encanto, so those yo, are, those are on the list. Yo, Moana I was saying, I, I know they're great. Top, it's pushing top five Disney movie, and okay. I grew up in the '90s Disney movie, so it's not easy for me to say that, but it's fantastic. Well, thankfully, I have a Disney Plus of my own, so I can uh, log in and take care of that. There you go. Uh, Nestle N- Nestle Tollhouse, you know, they make the chocolate chip cookies. They've got uh, they've got all that. So they had this great idea. They're gonna do pre-made chocolate chip cookie dough, you know, like in the fro- in the refrigerated section. You can mm-hmm. buy it's already very simple. Like if you're not a serious baker, this is great. This is how you can make cookies without having to go through all the trouble of making cookies. You just roll these things into balls, throw them in the oven. Uh, so they make these chocolate chip cookies, Russ and Rick, where picture like the classic Toll House chocolate chip cookie, delicious, wonderful, warm, gooey. But now new twist in the middle, it's just gonna be like hot melted fudge. On top of it, make it even better. Uh, unless, of course, that hot mel- melted fudge has uh, pieces of white plastic in them, then that would be a problem. Oh. People are, uh, there's a huge recall because all these great cookies, this wonderful idea, something I would definitely buy because it sounds delicious. Uh, it's got pieces of white plastic in it. Uh, that makes your cookie kind of unappetizing. And this actually happened to them before. They just had in 2019, they had, uh, they had to recall a bunch of stuff because there were pieces of rubber in the cookie dough. And my question to Rick Camp, food expert, is when you get something like this, because this happens, maybe you get a box of cereal or something's defective, you know, whatever. There's a piece of uh, some of it's burnt or there's a piece of something and it can happen. Do you like submit a customer service complaint over these things? 
I probably should, but I have not. I am not like uh, Danielle Fischel's bum-ass husband that claims he found a shrimp in his uh, cinnamon toast crunch. I am not that guy, and I'm definitely not biased against him because he ended up marrying Danielle Fischel. That's a different that's a different podcast. But <laughs> but no, I have not. I've had like instances where, you know, like something's a little bit off with something like cereal, but I just kind of like avoid that little bit of it. If hopefully if it's just like kind of part of whatever the item is, I'll just kind of work around it, especially if it's something that I get all the time that I have plenty of experience with. And by experience, I mean I've eaten a ton of and uh and I just haven't had a problem before. I'll, I'll treat it as a one-off. If it happens a second time, then I might actually not be lazy and say something. Or you could just not buy that thing anymore. I mean, I guess, but, you know. <laughs> but why would you, if, why would you right, do that? If it's something that I eat all the time, I mean, what? You're telling me they make, like, these same products in different brands so that maybe I could have variety? I don't know. I don't know about that concept. Russ? Um... Would I just stop buying this product if I knew that there was plastic in it? Or if you got a, like something that you like uh, and there was like something, to, you know, a piece of something in it that shouldn't have been or whatever. You know, are you going onto their website and filing a uh, customer service complaint? I'm trying to get the bag, dog. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> I think somebody going to have to get sued, man. Oh, and then okay. you, you know what else? I, I, I'd go to the store and buy another version of it. Just to make sure it was all good, and then I eat it. But yeah, you probably <laughs> there. You go. Probably getting sued. And finally, Russ and Rick Camp, a uh, a thirty one year old surfer in Northern California, like way up there, way up by like Eureka, California, uh, saved his own life by fighting off a shark attack in the water. Jared Trainer realized uh, as soon as he went in to the water to surf that this might be a bad idea because it's October, and I didn't know this, but according to like surfer lingo that is called sharktober because that's when sharks are really prevalent in those waters and so he's out there he's like kind of just sitting on his board out in the water you can imagine this is kind of peaceful and he kind of notices like there's a lot of marine life around here there's a lot of like seals this might be a bad idea and he's just kind of sitting on his board and then he just like out of nowhere kind of remembers this thing he re he saw in a surfing video and this guy is like a very serious surfer from what i read uh but he's like he remembers Oh, yeah, there's this thing about, like, minimize the uh, amount that your legs are dangling in the water. Just in general, always be conscious of not letting your legs dangle in the water. Just as he thinks of that, boom, he's bit and he's pulled under the water. Something's got him. He's not sure what it is at first. It turns out to be a shark. Uh, somehow he ends up, like, kind of knocked back onto the board on his back. So, like, picture laying on his back on top of the board and the shark's got his teeth clamped on the guy's leg and on the board. Can you picture this? Nice. Yeah. He's got his left leg clamped down. So, so sandwiched in between board Thank and you. mouth. Bingo. Uh, Jared trainer starts kicking the shark in the head with his other leg until it lets him go. And he escapes and he gets back to land and he's bleeding. He's kind of, he's kind of in shock. So he's not really realizing how, much has happened here. Uh, he ends up getting a 19-inch cut on his leg. Has to be sewn back up. There's a GoFundMe for him, uh, and they've raised, uh, as of this recording, they've raised 15000 of their $50,000 goal to help him kind of deal with medical bills and stuff from this. But uh, he almost went into cardiac arrest in the ambulance. But uh, that's pretty, that's pretty uh, impressive to get bit by a shark and fight it off by kicking it in the head, I would say. Good for uh, Mr. Trainer there. Like, that's... 
Usually you don't you don't come back from those. He but, wants to uh, keep surfing. Right, he, yeah. He's a he's a surfer. That's what he does. And, uh, you know, he's just hoping he says uh, in this article in the Humboldt County Times Standard that I'm reading in, from California that he just hopes he doesn't have any kind of post-traumatic uh, stress effects from this incident, like that he's not kind of like feeling very high anxiety next time he goes into the water, wants to keep surfing. He's going to have to cancel this surfing trip that he had coming up to Hawaii. He's very disappointed about that, uh, but he is going to keep surfing. Kicked a shark in the head, Russ. Sharks are kind of lazy in that regard, though, because it's like the thing that hit you to the point where you wanted to give up the food was the food. Right. Yeah. So you can't deal with like I you can't deal with that thing just hitting you to get the to get whatever, you know, whatever you want accomplished. Yeah, it's like, like you're you've got my last you've got like this piece of pizza that uh, and then I just start slapping you with another piece of pizza. Just just turn and eat that one, too. Yeah, exactly. I might be offended by you wasting a slice of pizza to use it as a weapon, but I mean, at that point, yes, just turn well, around Jer and eat the pizza. Jared Trainer had the presence of mind, man. He thought that would work, and uh, that's a, that is quite a jam to escape by kicking a shark in the head. Good job. That's Mr. the news. Trainer. That's the news, Russ. All right. Well, that's uh, going to do it for this week's episode of Sports Adjacent. As always, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Sheets and Giggles. Go and get you one of their very fine eucalyptus mattresses. Jason, ours are coming soon, and we will let the fine folks know about those when we get them. You can get $230 off by going to sheetsgiggles.com forward slash SA, and you can get a discount on all the bedding that they have, including sheets, duvets, duvet covers. I believe they have pillows on there as well, so make sure you get yourself some fantastic betting from our good friends at Cheats and Giggles. Also, our friends over at BetMGM. You can win $200 insight credit on a $10 bet if one of the teams that you bet on this Sunday scores a touchdown. Just one, not both. If you're betting the Broncos game and the Broncos don't score, but the other team the Broncos are playing scores because they probably will, you win $200 insight credit by using promo code adjacent 200 so make sure you do that sports betting is huge especially when football comes around you know college basketball is coming around very soon uh college football is going so make sure you get that done as well jason can't be anything before we let the fine folks go Bet MGM is where you want to go. We talked about uh, Jamie Foxx last week, our coworker over at Bet MGM. Now, <laughs> yes, and, uh, I mean, seriously, Russ, just talking about how big of a deal sports sports betting is now, and uh, you, I don't think you can do it anywhere better than Bet MGM. There you go. And if nothing else, we will catch you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Sports Adjacent with Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey. Be sure to download, subscribe, and give the podcast five stars. You can check out the latest episode of Sports Adjacent on all digital streaming platforms. I'm very much adjacent. For a couple hours, I thought I was hood. But then all that happened, I was like, you know what, James? You adjacent to the mother For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.